Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over and you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. The Ticats are going to be hungry Friday night at IG Field. Welcome inside game day, Winnipeg. There he is, Chris Walby, the legendary, uh, bringing you your pregame coverage here on Bonfire Sports, as we always do. Pluto, what's cooking, my friend? Uh, Me. I was outside doing a little interview with about uh, the legendary Willard Reeves, and I realized, man, it's hot out. I'm just... uh, I'm about a, a week away. Hopefully, I have uh, get my pool going pretty soon, and I'll be able to jump in there. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a mugger out there. It's hot. Yeah, no question. And I'm sure the Florida and the Texas guys are feeling right at home. Loving it's going it. to be yep. beautiful. It's going to be beautiful Friday night uh, for kickoff at IG Field. Is that right? I thought it was supposed to rain. Well, it might. It might. We'll see. Okay. I think it's, I think it's going to be okay. We'll Good. see. Well, as we I know, right. game day... Game day is Friday. We're recording this live on Thursday, but we have all the information you need to get set for the game. People are already uh, populating the live chat. Brandon, uh, one of our uh, very uh, frequent live commenters, uh, already in the live chat. Everybody watching live on YouTube and Facebook, welcome. Chris, this is going to be a unique game on Friday. Not only is it an 0-2 Ticats team against a 2-0 Blue Bombers team, not only is it a rematch of the last two Grey Cups, but it's also going to be a whiteout at IG Field. The Bombers will be wearing their road whites at home and have asked fans to get dolled up in white from head to toe and try to do a whiteout. Of course, the road whites are what the Blue Bombers have worn uh, in those Grey Cup championships against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this game. I think it'll be a great game. I also know they're wearing their blues, dark blue pants. So uh, right, the new kit. contrast going is going to look really good. And uh, yeah, I know it's about clothing and how you look. And I know there's a little bit of thing, as you say, they won it the last two times. They played great cup. They're victors both times. Uh, but this is a hungry Ticat team, DB. I mean, this is a guy, this team, listen, this team should not have lost to Calgary. And, and there was one blew play it. still in that game that blew me away, and that was, I think, Titus Wall. It was a third and one. A Dane Evans reaches across, stops because he figures, you know, that the whistle's going to go. He's got the first down. Titus Wall grabs the ball, takes it back for a touchdown. I'm still baffled that they allowed that to go and be a touchdown. To me, I mean, I agree. Once you get the first down, usually they whistle. You know, and they get the scrum away and put the ball down. That, to me, unless he was continuing to fight, and the, the ball, you know, because you see the guy reach in and he's tugging for the football. Uh, a very strange call that I think added to the fact that allowed Calgary to come back. Uh, but that game, I mean, obviously they had a 24 to three lead at the halftime. No reason to lose that game. Um, 
Like it was 24 nothing so with three minutes left yeah. in the second quarter. Like, yeah. like the 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 Stampeders couldn't do anything. And then yeah. the Tie Cats just like let him edge back, edge back, edge yeah. back. And suddenly there's Bo Levi Mitchell with the field in front of him on the final possession of the game to tie it. And then yeah. you, you have someone like Renee Paredes, who is really clutch oh, yeah. and a oh, great yeah. kicker, one of the, the best in the CFL, if not the best in the CFL right now. Um, you know, oh, he's legendary. He's on a streak. I can't, I don't know what the streak is right now, but I think it's like 23 straight or something like that. He hasn't, I think, I think he snapped that last week. Well, did he? I, I think it I, did. End. I, I didn't think he did, but you might be right. Uh, oh no, he I went four or four. Pardon me. I think go. it was, I think it was Brett Lowther last no. week whose yes. record was snapped. I think he was okay. well, perfect on converts or something to that effect or yeah. When it comes to records, just check with me. Okay, buddy. I, mean, I will. I will. You got a, I know you got a huge vinyl collection. So you're, I you're do, the record, you're the record uh, chief. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Some of the stuff I got in my basement that, uh, I got to buy. I almost think I got to buy a phonograph again because, um, man. A phonograph. <laughs> the old one with the big old ear. You and I are live streaming on YouTube and you're talking about phonographs. That's like five generations of technology ago. That's unbelievable, Chris. Yeah, I'm still playing eight tracks for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> you got that in your, uh, in your you Chevette? Your, hey, your it's a fantastic, man. A little Nazareth going there. Oh, I'm, the okay with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, we're going to, we got lots to get into, uh, on sure. game day at Winnipeg here. We're going to talk about the injury to blue bombers, all-star center, Michael Couture, uh, and Chris Kolinkowski stepping in for him. We'll talk about Jeff Gray and, and some of the issues the blue bombers have had on the offensive line, uh, in the run game as well. Winston Rose on the one game injured list listed as a foot injury, of course, we spotted him in a walking boot uh, a couple weeks ago. He has been able to play. He hasn't looked hampered physically on the field. He's out Friday night in steps. Second year blue bomber, Demario Houston, a guy with a ton of speed, but he's got a big task ahead of him uh, going up against very talented receivers and a dangerous quarterback in the Hamilton Tiger Cats at boundary corner. Uh, we will talk about the blue bombers kicking game and Mark Leggio. And then of course the return of the greatest global in CFL history. I think I can yeah. say that. He's got two great cup rings. Yeah, Teadric no Hansen returns to, uh, on Friday night. Yeah, he's a stud. I mean, he's, he, he, you know what? He contributed last year. He had five sacks. He had the huge hit in the playoff game. It might have been the great cup game, too. He knocked the uh, returner down. Uh, you know, he's done so much uh, in a special teams capacity. But then again, he also does such, such a good job coming in to relieve the defensive line at the defensive end spot. Listen, Dehadric, I can understand why he didn't want to come back because they had that ridiculous rule that global players were not going to be paid the rookie minimum. They were going to be paid something else. They were like a different portion of what they would get. And that is one of the things that the CFLPA ironed out. And as soon as he found out that he is now eligible for even more than the rookie minimum or the whatever the league minimum is for he is eligible they worked a contract out and he's happy otherwise he would have stayed he was coaching in uh in poland yeah and think about this guy i mean to get off top this is a guy that had a bus that was rescuing rescuing we're not talking you know uh you know we're talking about taking people from war-torn ukraine yep. and drive him across the border at his own risk into Poland to, to, to rescue these people. My hat's Helping off him to him because no question. F unbelievable yeah. what this guy has done. And uh, my hat's off to him. 
uh, not only as a football player, but more so as a person for what he's been doing. No doubt about that. Helping them get out of the country, helping them find housing and yeah. food and some stability in their life when their home is war-torn, um, you know, for, for just, I, I can't imagine the, you know, having to go through that. So hat tip big time. I'm with you, yes. Chris, to T. Adric Hansen. T3, as I like to call him, because he is built like a machine. And I'll, I'll add a little piece that uh, I reported on Bonfire Midweek just a couple days ago with Zach. Uh, I reported that uh, Tiadric Hansen has signed a two-year contract with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He will make that global minimum rate this season. It's somewhere in the $56,000 range, I believe. Next year, how about this, Chris? Tiadric Hansen will make $110,000. That's just garbage. Well, this year and next year. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's like me. I sign a contract. I sign for a million dollars. Doesn't mean I'm going to play next year, right? Nothing. No, but they're, come on. You, you don't think you don't think they're going to sign? Or I didn't think he hands. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. You but need what globals. Hurt, what if he gets hurt? I'm just saying. Well, I don't understand hurt, why he, yeah. why he's got such a big jump. Why wouldn't you just give him like sixty five thousand, seventy thousand? I don't think they can. Year? I don't think they can this year. I thought they worked it out. They could this year, and that's one of the reasons he's back. Well, the reason he's back is because he was able to sign something with with some cash on it. That's in year two. Okay, so he might have got a bonus on there's something behind the right. scenes. Yeah, right. Okay, that's good. But I mean, yeah, it is I good, you know, because a, a player of his caliber, let alone his character, yeah. but a player of his caliber deserves six figures, and now he's going to get it. Uh, not this year. But next season, I think that's a good thing. The Bombers are not going to cut him <laughs> to save salary, Chris. They need a global on the team. That's like cutting half of your Canadians. Think, think about You're this. with the ratio. Think about this, DB, uh, and not to get into world economics, but I will. Uh, <laughs> the Euro, the Canadian dollar is not good against the Euro. So even when he's making whatever, 56 Canadian, yeah, you take that to a Euro, it's like 35 grand. So it's not a lot of money. So uh, I know when I went to Germany years ago, it was 50 cents on a buck. I think it's 65 or 70 cents on a buck right now, yeah. much like the Canadian dollar to the U.S. But that's another thing you got to factor in when a guy's going to his homeland after he doesn't stay here around. So, I mean, obviously, when you're converting that money, it you know, the guy, not only paying tax, but it's taking some of the, you know, some of your total money away and, and giving you, not leaving you enough to probably paint the fence. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting that. Yeah, well, either way, good that he's getting his due after not Amen. being able to by rule uh, over the last number of years. Here's the thing, Chris, like the, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and you can see uh, in the ticker below, we have got uh, information on the lineups and the changes both on the Blue Bombers and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But the Tiger Cats offensive line, I do want to say welcome to everybody who jumped over from Winnipeg Sports Talk, Haas Remo. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Uh, thanks for joining us here on Game Day Winnipeg. Darren Bombing and Chris Walby with you getting you set for Friday's game yeah. at IG Field. Um, they're really beat up on the offensive line. In week one, they allowed 10 sacks to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. In week two, the offense couldn't continue. Yeah, they well, they just they they got some scoring early in the game, but they couldn't do a good enough job to protect and to keep the chains moving in the second half and allowed Calgary to get back into that game. Dane Evans leads the league with four touchdowns and leads the league with four interceptions. It was an anemic offense in week one. He came out and threw for over 400 yards in week two. Now you take out one of the best offensive linemen in the CFL today, Chris, in Brandon Revenberg. 
this this Ty Cats offensive line is ripe for the picking for Tiadric Hansen, Jefferson, Jeff Coat, Casey Sales, yeah. Jake Thomas, and the rest. Okay, I, I will agree with you on that. But it was eight sacks against Saskatchewan. Was one last. They have nine against right now. You sure about that? Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. I know. You're talking to a guy who knows. As an offensive lineman, we know how many sacks against us. But uh, I, I also want a quick punch out to to uh, David Ice, who said 56 Canadian equals 40,900 euros. Thank you, David, for that. It's good to know. That's before after before tax. But anyway, you're right. And the other <laughs> thing that's really, 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 uh, to your point, is this is a team that has not run, I'm talking Ticats, has not run the football. When you're leading rusher, is your quarterback, with a smacking huge total of 23 yards, you know you can't live off the pass. If you're going to throw every time, you do, you are definitely going to put your O-line even in further jeopardy. So, I mean, to tie cats, for them to have any chance, they have got to get the uh, the run game, with whether it's, uh, you know, Sean Thomas Erlington or Malika Irons. Somebody's got to run that football more than they have and get better success, or it will be a long night for Dane Evans. They had six ball carriers, the Hamilton Tiger Cats did, last week at home to Calgary. Two of them were quarterbacks in in Matthew Schiltz and and Dane Evans, but Erlington had five carries. That led their backfield in carries. They have always played this way, Chris. 2019 Grey Cup, 2021 Grey Cup, those seasons leading into those losses for the Blue Bombers. They just don't run the football. And And now, well, they, they have to, but guess what? They don't have Don Jackson Again, why? Because of all of these injuries on the offensive line, they need to put an American in at guard, and that sets them out to have to essentially start Sean Thomas Erlington and and Malik Irons at running back. So when you let someone like Don Jackson, who was excellent for the Calgary Stampeders a couple years ago, has been excellent for the Ticats when used, he's not even an option right now. I, I honestly believe Friday night we're going to see Jefferson and Jeffcoat and, and company really come out to play. Well, you would think so. And, I, and the thing is, when you look at the game last week, um, they didn't run the football much. But having said that, they turned the ball over twice in the red zone. Bad interception throw by Dane Evans. And then he fumbled. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are points taken away potentially at least six in two field goals. Well, he's turning so it over like crazy. Hurt them. Yeah. But I, again, you have to run. I know they're going to start Travis Vorncal out of West Texas. He's starting in Reverend Briggs place at the right guard spot, six, six, 310 pounds, big boy, second year with these guys, but you're right. Now they got to move. So you don't have Don Jackson there, but listen, they used to like Sean Thomas Erlington a couple of years ago. This guy was having a breakout kind of year. Then yep. he got hurt. Yep. And I don't think he's ever returned to to form. And then to your point about not, I mean, not running the football. Look at how the Bombers did even in the last two Great Cup games with Andrew Harris running the football. I mean, getting big yardage, taking the pressure off the quarterback, allowing the play action pass to be effective. I mean, to me, it's a no brainer. You get those linebackers sucking up because they think it's a run, and you go behind them. Uh, they're doing it the hard way. And unless they establish the run, it's going to be a very hard, and I agree with you. I think the defensive line, uh, Jefferson, Jackson, and even the guys in the middle, Sales and Thomas, uh, could have a big day. No question. Uh, before we talk about um, 
some of the areas on the Blue Bombers offense. You you mentioned the run game. We're, we're going to get to that with Oliveira and Augustine oh, and yeah, usage uh, and the rest. Uh, when it comes to the Blue Bombers defense, yes, the pass rush probably has a bit of an advantage with that banged up Ticats offensive line, but the Blue Bombers need to be wary big yes. time of Tim White and Braylon Addison and even Sean Thomas Erlington. He had 72 receiving yards last week. Stephen Dunbar had 65 in the air. White had 131. He was targeted 14 times. Tim White, 11 catches for 131 and a touchdown. Braylon Addison, eight catches for 96 yards as Dane Evans threw for 400 25. Winston Rose is out. Demario Houston is going to have to take on a Tim White or a Braylon Addison. It's going to be serious when it comes to the defensive back versus yep. receiver matchup with the Ticats on the field on offense. Well, you think about Demario Houston, who's backed up by Evan Holm, a Canadian on UND. Then you got Malcolm Thompson, the rookie at safety still. Then you got Tyquan Glass on the other side, uh, you know, backed up by Terrell Ford, another Canadian. This is not the secondary they had last year. Uh, this is, I mean, Dedrick Nichols is the thing that's holding this whole thing together. Him and Nick Taylor, at the, at the, probably one of the toughest spots to play. Nick Taylor and Dedrick Nichols are playing very well at the halfback, which helps them. But I agree with you. Uh, there are some spots to attack right now. And you know that Dane Evans, listen, Winston Rose was struggling. Now, whether it was a fact that he was not 100% and the pride of playing, and not recognizing that maybe he lost a step because he was still hurt with that, you know, he, he like you said, he had a walking boot and then he played that game. He got he got torched for like nine uh, catches or not, yeah, he nine tackles. They beat him, and then last week Darvin Adams beat him for the big forty-five yard run uh, pass and catch from Ottawa. So I think they had to look at this. I think Richie Hall and Jordan Younger had to look at it and say, hey, we need to probably sit you down. Not that you're a bad player because we know you're a perennial All Star. But maybe we need to get you 100% healthy and right in the mind now. Yeah. Because it's a confidence thing, too, Darren. You know, it's one of these things when you start getting beat, you're like, you know, I'm jumping routes. I'm reading quarterback size now. I'm doing things that I was trained never to do. But now I'm trying to correct my game on the fly. And it's really tough. No, I can't imagine what it's like when you go through two games to start the season yeah. and get beat for long plays and, and touchdowns like Winston Rose has. Um, Tyler Fabry, a former U of M Bison offensive lineman, so uh, I'm sure you want to give him a shout-out, Chris. Uh, one of the hogs uh, of local descent. Uh, Houston is listed at the boundary corner, but will he be there or will Taekwon Glass shift over from the field side? We'll have to wait and see. The Blue Bombers yeah. depth chart, I always take it with about five salt. grains of salt, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, yeah, I... I take it for what it is. Um, th that said, you know, I, I they're probably just going to go off of matchups, I would imagine. Um, but I, to your point about Winston Rose, the confidence and the the healing of the foot and, and the rest, I think that's all important and, and part of it. Yes. But how about just being able to watch, be able to coach? Like I saw him in practice this week. He was kind of like coaching, um, you know, uh, coaching Demario Houston, like standing near him on the sideline and, you know, pointing at different spots and talking, communicating with him. That can be a good thing because that allows Winston Rose to take off the physical and focus purely on the mental part of the game and, yeah. you know, helping somebody else out. I, I love the quote Winston Rose shared with me in training camp, Chris, and that was 
when it comes to leaders in the defensive back group, Brandon Alexander is probably the captain of the ship, yeah. but he said, you know, they're like the, the, the parents of the group and that Brandon Alexander is the strict parent and Winston Rose is the fun parent when they need to discipline, they, they get down to business. But, um, you know, I, I like the way that they kind of describe that. And I've mentioned it to a couple other guys and, and they laugh. Um, but I think it's a very good thing that the blue bombers have right now. He's starting to finally get his due as far as praise and recognition. And that's Dietrich Nichols, who you mentioned, Chris, like he was awesome last week. I had him on my CFL top 50 ballot yep. this past, uh, spring. Uh, he deserves to be amongst, uh, mentioned amongst the best DBs in the league. He really showed it with a couple, uh, end zone knockdowns last week in Ottawa. Yeah, he's played extremely well. He's getting better. And I mean, when you talk, you, you heard about O'Shea, Coach O'Shea just waxed poetic on him. Uh, you saw Richie Hall, defense coordinator, says, you know, he never likes to blow steam on anybody. But he said, hey, yeah. listen, this guy's getting better every year. Uh, he's a leader. Uh, now he, he's obviously going to have to have a good communication. Now, remember, your guy that calls all the secondary is Malcolm Thompson because mm -hmm. he's a safety. You can't have Dietrich Nichols making the call from the far side halfback across the field. So Malcolm Thompson is going to have a big thing of making sure that he gets out what he needs, what play, what defensive coverage are going to be. Are they going to be in zone? Are they going to be in two-man? Are they going to play man? Are they going to play press? Uh, you know, what, what kind of coverage are you going to do? And Demario Houston has to make sure he understands that because he's going to have to work hand-in-hand -hand with Nichols when they switch off. You got guys going out. You got guys coming across the middle. Do they switch? Do they stay mad? You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that happen on a flash of a, you know, just like that, a snap of the finger. So uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup uh, due to the fact that Winston's not in there. And I, I, I know that he hasn't had his start that he wants, but it's the leadership and the experience he brings. And yeah, Alexander's, you know, he's getting healthier and he's a coach right now, Brandon Alexander. And now you got Winston Rose two all-stars coaching. Yeah. yeah. Listen, you can have a bunch of coaches, but they can't do nothing unless you're on the field. You know what I mean? I saw Brandon Alexander early in practice this week, Chris, running really, really hard. Good. He's still, you know, maybe limping a little bit. I don't know how close he actually is, but he was running until he was nearly, you know, evacuating his stomach. Uh, on the sidelines, you know, he, he's really, really pushing himself. Good. I think that's a great indication of where he is and where he wants to be in short amount of time. The Blue Bombers are going to welcome him back with open arms. Uh, Malcolm Thompson, though, right now, it's his opportunity to really establish himself as a legitimate option. He, like he's a rookie, you know, went through some injuries the last number of years, but to beat out a guy who's been here for a long time in, in Nick Hallett, and with Noah Hallett on the, the six-game injured list, Malcolm Thompson looks to be the guy. He brings that real physical presence. I know you love that part of his game. Yeah, I absolutely do. Again, it's just a thing that I always have a thing about guys that are getting our first year, the experience. Now, he's going to get better with every game he plays. Uh, I'm going to kind of jump on the other side. I know we do that a lot. And it's a great David Ice again with a great comment. And I'll keep feeding us guys. That's great. But, I mean, talking about and I was looking at that myself and I went, wow, Nick Dembski, only five catches. Drew Wolikarski, only two catches. It's interesting. The two guys that Zach is more comfortable with are the two slot backs, uh, Dalton yeah. Schoen and Greg Ellingson, which is, you know, they like the middle of the field. They haven't gone outside. Rashad ba uh, Bailey's only got seven catches. Um, 
Yeah, you think you know this is a this is a quarterback and Zach Kalaros who loves to spread that football around. So I, I agree with you. I'd like to see Dembski, at least for sure Dembski, uh, a little bit more involved in that offense. I think it'll help whether he's running the football. I haven't seen uh, very many uh, slot back reverses or sweeps. Uh, let's see if that happens a little bit tomorrow. Uh, the Ticat defense isn't bad. They're not getting great pressure, but they got Dylan Wynn back, and that is a huge yep. factor. Um you got Ted Laurent and you got Mika Mika Johnson who came over from Saskatchewan. They've got talent. No I mean, question. But they just see for they they only have one sack. They've given them up nine. Uh, you know, it, they they're not bad. Uh, the rest of their stats aren't that crazy. I mean, they're not giving well, like they cards. they went into Saskatchewan in week one, and Saskatchewan's yeah. defense was just awesome, and they had no answer for them. Week two. They played a good first half and yeah. then turnovers really bit them and Calgary took advantage and yeah. came back from down 24 nothing to win that game in overtime. They're going to be hungry. They're going to have a real bitter, bitter taste in their mouth, Chris. Not only are they 0-2 and on the road, but they're going yeah. against a team that has had the better of them pretty much every time they've met as of late, especially when it counts. And that's in those two great cup games. If if you were on the Hamilton Tiger Cats, what would your message to the team or your teammates be when you're going into the home field of the team that's had the better of you in the championship? I mean, I'd probably just say, hey, guys, here's the deal. We're playing good football. We got to play smarter and we got to eliminate the mistakes that are breaking our back. The interception, we didn't throw the fumbles that were coughing up, the red zone turnovers, uh, you know, giving up the big play on the other side of the ball. Hamilton's got a good team. I'm like I said, they should have beat Calgary for, for all it was worth. But again, they got a bad call on that uh, uh, ripped short yardage, and it led to a touchdown by Titus Wall. I was blown away, but that was a touchdown. Yeah. I don't understand it because usually when you're going for third and one, that's it. They blow the whistle, and I agree with Dane Evans, who was very frustrated by that. That led to seven points. Uh, so when you take that seven points, the tur- two turnovers in the red zone, the fumble and the interception. There's a lot of points that potentially could have helped Hamilton stave off the Stan Peterson coming back. Listen, Bo Levi had a great second half. He did. He really played well. I mean, uh, you know, they have a good team. They have a good team, and they're going to get better. But having said that, I thought the Ticats had to better them. It's just they fell apart at the wrong time. So, Chris, the, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have admitted – openly they know they can play better they expect much yeah. more of themselves yeah they're they're 2 and 0 but they scored 19 points in each of those two games the defense yeah. did enough to keep points off the board definitely didn't keep yards off the board but of course nobody looks back at the yards on the scoreboard they look at the points and and the final and who gets the w ultimately that's right my que- my question to you though is where some fans are concerned about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is there any relevancy to the idea that it's early in the season, they've played against only one other opponent, and that we haven't really seen the whole breadth of the playbook yet? I uh, know I don't think I put that. I think, you know, they're trying to do things. I mean, obviously, you, listen, first off, you got to give credit where credit's due. I thought uh, the uh, Mike Benavides, the defensive coordinator for the Ottawa Red Blocks, did it, called a great game. I thought he did a good job. I thought he really did a good thing there. Um, 
Uh, I think they took away some of the stuff that Zach Kolaris and the uh, Bombers like to do. I mean, they took away a run game, a run game for two games, basically non-existent. Uh, these are things we, we, we hang our hat on because this is a very physical O-line, albeit they're going to miss Michael Couture. This is a guy that didn't make the all-star team last year, but he was voted all-star by the CFLPA. That's a legit all-star. It's yeah. a huge, it's a huge uh, uh, award because that is voted by your peers on the other team. Right. So that's just pure respect. Now you got Chris Kolakowski playing in there. You got Jeff Gray. They dressed Liam Dobson. We'll probably see him now in short yardage for sure. Yeah. Maybe they'll integrate him a little bit in the offense. But, uh, yeah, I don't think people should get panicky. I think the fact is uh, we're not throwing the ball for 100 million yards. We're not running the ball effectively as we have normally run it. I know they're trying to make comparisons to last year and 33, who is no longer with us. Forget about 33. He's gone. He's in Toronto now, boys. Now you got Brady Oliveira. I still think that the guy should get more carries. And I said this, and it was interesting that he finished the game off, and that's Johnny Augustine. Uh, right. Listen, they're both big boys. They run different styles. Even though Brady Oliveira is a bigger back, it seems like Johnny is a little bit more adept at hitting that hole quicker. So we'll see if Johnny gets more touches. But uh, no, I wouldn't panic right now. I think it's, you know, it's like anybody. Injuries happen at teams. And the Bombers were very healthy last year. They didn't lose anybody of key players. And this year, you got Winston Rose out. You got Brandon Alexander out. You got Michael Couture out. You know, things are happening, and that's the thing that dismantles you. It's not about talent. It's about keeping your team healthy. I want to touch on a couple things. A big shout out to everybody who's in the live right. chat watching live on YouTube and Facebook. If you're watching live on Twitter right now, head over to youtube.com slash bonfire sports, or you can just Google bonfire sports or find everything on bonfiresports.ca. But head on over, then you can join the live chat and uh, we'll interact with you directly. Absolutely. Uh, a couple things I, I wanted to, to touch on. Um, Waiters has this comment. Micah Awe was cut by the BC Lions that, yeah. recently. Is he worth a look? My initial take is probably not. Winnipeg pretty deep at linebacker, including Malik Clements, who injured his knee in week one, missed week two. He's back in the lineup for week three. Cadwell Otter and, and Jesse Briggs. Well, Briggs is out. Pardon me. Briggs is on the sixth game. Uh, Shane Gauthier. I don't know if Winnipeg wants to, to go get uh, someone like a Micah Awe. No, I, I, don't, I don't think it also comes down to salary. How much was he making? He was a pretty good player for BC. Yep. We don't know if we don't know the underlying circumstances of BC letting him down. He may not be a, a guy that fits well into the locker room. Uh, Malik Clements, I think, is a guy that I really liked from preseason. He led the team in tackles. He had 11 in, in two uh, preseason games all around the football, likes to, you know, a good hitter. Uh, he's got a nose for the ball. So I'm really happy to see Malik back in the lineup. And I guarantee you're going to see him on the line. He'll be in there somewhere. Maybe he'll be interchanging. Uh, I think if Big Hill, if something did happen, I think that Malik Helm must be the guy that goes to the middle ahead of uh, Shane Goche. That's just my opinion right there. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I think I'm on the same page with you. Uh, Leslie Mitch, Michnick, uh, pardon me. I think What's we did. Of, I think we did have him in camp. So he was a member of the Blue Bombers yeah, roster so. during the 2020 left. season that that they didn't play. So he's never actually been in a camp or anything like that. But he was yeah, in, yeah. he was on the roster, signed as a free agent uh, in 2020, and then that season obviously uh, didn't happen. Oh, but, up, yeah. um, good something point, I want to. Yeah, absolutely, it's a good point. Win Winnipeg has had him before. Um, 
Andrea uh, asking about injured lists. Uh, the injured list that the league puts out daily during the week lists Jackson Jeffcoat as questionable. Here's the details on that. If at any time a player is listed on the injury report, for any reason, at any time, if they take half a practice off, they will officially be questionable for the game. It doesn't necessarily mean they are, but it it's just policy. If, if you're on the list at any point, yeah. you're listed as questionable. So everybody is questionable uh, in essence. Uh, but Jeff Coat is good to go. Uh, he's healthy enough to play. Uh, Teodric Hansen, Malik Clements, Evan Holm, a rookie from UND, uh, will make his debut. Uh, Liam Dobson, of course, uh, you mentioned, Chris. Um, Connor Burtonshaw, the final pick in the 2021 CFL draft, will uh, dress yeah. at fullback. And I wonder if that's, you know, to do with, with a Mike Miller situation. Uh, he has not practiced, but he's on the game day roster. Uh, they do need to scratch. Well, I'm not sure. I don't even know if they need to scratch somebody. But, you know, if he's not 100%, you do have another fullback in there who's pretty involved in the preseason, Chris. Yeah, uh, Burton Shaw, you know, first-year guy out of Queens, as you say. Uh, uh, you know, 223 pounds, big back. Uh, nasty player i'm told like really really gritty and, and that's what you want that's what you in the want. mouth so yeah. a guy that's earned his spot through special teams much like mike miller and i don't know about mike because mike never practices anyway so i mean i made a joke about that but seriously he never practices yeah. he basically just comes to the games because he's special teams he knows the offense if you ask if they do give him the ball uh but he's a guy that leads you know going down the field for special teams so um yeah, I, I don't know about that. I think it's very interesting that he dressed him. I like the fact that they dressed another guy. And to your point, you could be 100% right. Um, it's it's very interesting when you look at that. And uh, it's funny. I, I'm looking at the questions as people are posting here. Yeah. It's interesting. They were talking about that Shy Ross. And you posted right. it. I yep. saw you post during the week. Hey, Bombers, maybe you should take a look at the Shy Ross. Oh, I didn't say that. I thought you might've said that. <laughs> I just anyway. like a phenomenal athlete. And, and, you know, I mentioned on bonfire midweek that maybe Winnipeg would take a look at him. They've got three good Canadian receivers right now. I don't even yeah. think they have a Canadian on the track. Yeah. I think more so, people are enthralled with the fact that he, he did the, you know, the backflip holding a barbell at 140 pounds or yep. that he went over, you know, with the glass. Uh, Duncan the Oreo, the backflip. Yeah, he's got one of the highest. Uh, I think he's got the highest as in, in uh, vertical jump. That he had in the combine, so he's number one. He set the record for and he's jump. and he's a burner, like great, great speed on Shy Ross. Well, there's got to be something because obviously Hamilton, Edmonton thought. I mean, I thought he was going to be a no-brainer for Edmonton. Now Chris Jones, obviously a different cat. If you don't fit into Chris Jones's game plan, he's going to get rid of you. So I was surprised, and why get rid of a Canadian? To me, that's there's something behind right. the scenes when you get rid of a Canadian because BC jumped them, they gobbled them up. Uh, Rick Campbell, the head coach of the BC Lions, said, I'll take a chance on this kid. Uh, and BC, I mean, that's a smart move. Another good Canadian out there. Yeah, and you know what? I'm really looking forward to seeing Nathan Rourke on yes, Saturday BC. night. That's the late game of the doubleheader. Uh, BC, like, Chris, it was amazing to see BC lay the boots to the Edmonton Elks in week one. They had the pregame uh, concert, uh, had the entire lower bowl sold out and, and opened up the upper deck. Uh, all of this momentum. And then they faced a bye in week two. They're now home to the Toronto Argonauts. That's my game of the week. Yeah, we got a great cup rematch. We're getting you I set for on Friday. But I'm looking forward to seeing Toronto 
and BC and, and a Nathan Rourke, who I'm told is just absolutely a workhorse putting in uh, the effort and, and the on and off field stuff to, uh, you know, be as the best player he can be. Well, I want to say something too. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the owner's name. Is it Armin? Armin, uh, the BC owners. Um, I can't think of it at the top of it off the head. Uh, we'll get it. Tonight, what's that? We'll, we'll find it. Find it. But anyway, here's my point about the guy. Does such a great job of recreating, making a fan-friendly thing. Has a live concert. Then I saw that what he did this year. Unbelievable. $5 beers, $5 hot dogs, $5 hamburgers. He said, you know what? In this time and age, I'm going to try and bring it down to make it affordable for families. He said, if I have to you know, supplement the lost funds, I'll do it right now. What a great thing to do. When the fans see that and they go, look at that. You know, this is something that this guy wants the fans. He's trying to help us. He understands the economy, the inflation, that it's costing more people to go to the games now. They can't afford a $10 beer, you know, a $10 hot dog. Now he says, you know, I'm going to keep everything at a flat five and I'll eat the surplus. I'll, I'll make up what they lose. And I think that's phenomenal. I think some of the teams around the league should learn from this guy uh, due to the economic situation, uh, uh, you know, and what's happening in Canada and the world. Amar Doman, and I'm noticing uh, David Ice uh, jumping into the live chat, uh, right watching on, live buddy. on YouTube. He had it. Um, appreciate that. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I think the BC Lions are really in a renaissance period here. They're in a big market in Canada. Hopefully they're able to turn things around. But um, Chris, when it, when it comes to the Blue Bombers, the, maybe the hottest topic next to kicker is running back. And yeah. the Blue Bombers obviously on the next chapter following chapter 33 here in Winnipeg and um, having two young guys who are combining to share the backfield. We're still seeing more Brady Oliveira than Johnny Augustine. And many fans want to see more of Augustine uh, carrying the football. What say you? Well, I think it's a, it's a matter of production right now, right? Obviously when you see a guy that, you know, he's getting better yards. He's got 10 for 53. He's averaging 5.3 yards a carry uh, mm -hmm. versus 2.7 for Brady. Brady's longest run of the year is eight yards, where it's 24 for Johnny. You know, this is a thing where fans are saying, you know what? Let the best player play. Uh, you know, I'm, and I know that what you don't want to create is a controversy at running back. But remember this. When Harris was here, there was no controversy. Harris was the guy, and he yeah. ran the ball. I think what's going to happen eventually over this year and eventually as they start getting more and more carries and both of them getting more touches, I really think that uh, uh, number 27, Johnny Augustine, might be the guy that starts to take it and start leading and getting a little bit more reps. Think about this now. When they had to run the ball in the game out last week against Ottawa, it was Augustine who played the last part of the game. Yeah. So, I mean, they realized that he's a tough runner. He's north-south. He breaks tackles. Uh, you know, and I, and this is nothing against Brady because I think Brady is a, a strong back too. Brady is shifty as heck as well. But I think right now it's going to come down to production. It's not a, listen, the worst thing about football is when you get into a popularity contest where people start going, I love this guy, man. I love this guy more than right. this guy. And, and unfortunately it's a business. It's a business. You're there to be the best player you can be. And the teams, and I can tell you, Cal Murphy wouldn't care any about this. He would go with the best player and just say, hey, listen, damn the feelings. I wouldn't well, care. He goes. You, do you think Mike O'Shea cares? Do you think Buck Pierce yep. cares? 
Yeah, I, th- I think Michael shared that. Oh, does. I do believe that. I think Mike's one of these guys. He's trying to keep the ship right all the time. Always trying mm-hmm. to keep it calm. Doesn't want no storm, stormy winds or stormy seas. So he's always trying to keep everybody happy. And I think they're going to keep doing what they got to do until they can't do it anymore. And that's what I think will happen. Big shout out to everybody uh, who's in the live chat. Uh, I can tell it's Remo, Michael Remus and Winnipeg Sports Talk. He wants more carries for Johnny Augustine in the least. Yeah. Uh, Remo, of course, uh, an absolute maven at Canadian football, fantasy yes. football. Uh, but big shout out to um, Damien and Leslie and the Barflies and Waiters, uh, everybody, uh, Andrea and David, uh, Brett, uh, John. Thanks, everybody, for uh, hopping into the live chat. See, Chris? You shout them out, and then they keep involving themselves in the conversation. It's a great thing. uh, They know they're getting good information here. They know we're having a conversation. It's it's the truth. We're not holding anything back. There's also, we interject a little humor here. We don't want to be deadpan. We don't want to just do stats. We just want to tell you what you think. We're going to tell you our honest feeling about what we think is going on. And, uh, you know, sometimes it may not be the most popular opinion, but we're going to tell you how we feel. And that's what I think is the best thing. And I love when you get guys' feedback. I think it's one of the best things you did is allowing these people to come on yeah, because they're the ones that also have opinions. And so when they voice their opinions, I love reading about it. I mean, whether the guy says, give me a wobby weather forecast, which <laughs> I tell you what, I'm, I, I think wet, but the beer will Hopefully be cold. Not. There it is. Well, there you go. Wet and cold. That's how I like my beer, Chris. Um, yeah, and there you go. I never thought about that. That's good, man. I, I, li- I like learning. this from, from our good friend, Scott Roger. Rifle up. Looking forward to uh, the great Winnipeg rifle season, Scott. Amen. I'm sure you are too. Uh, Jake, his son, awesome player and one of my favorites uh, on the team. Johnny Augustine gets the must-have yards. Brady can break it open if and when he finds his stride. My take, Chris, like we've seen game one, it was 10 carries and three carries for Oliveira and Augustine respectively. Yeah. Week two, it was about two to one, pretty close. Yeah. Um, what I'm seeing and my gut feeling is that the Blue Bombers are trying to get one of them going. And clearly it's Brady Oliveira, right? They're trying to get him going. And in facing just one opponent for two straight weeks and losing your starting center and, and taking some penalties and having some issues, um, it's maybe been tough to do that. I don't think they're going to abandon Brady Oliveira as running back number one. It will remain a, you know, a team backfield, a, a, you know, a, a, a duo backfield. But it's still Brady at number one. I think they just want to get him going. They're going to keep well, feeding okay. the beast and 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 try to just get uh, get a little bit of momentum rolling. And here's the other thing: we should not be. And please, people out there, don't be think we're dumping on either one of them, because it takes a mixture of the O line yep. to open the holes. And they got a new guy in Jeff Cray at left guard. Uh, Michael Couture is playing hurt, but not even playing this week with Kolonkowski coming in. That old line is responsible for creating holes. If the holes aren't there, it doesn't matter if you got, you know what, a Gale Sayers running the ball. It doesn't <laughs> matter who you got running the football. You're not going to get good yardage, right? So, I mean, it, it, to me, uh, it's up for the big fellows up front too. And I know they said that they want to be more physical. They know they can play better as well. So this should all not always just be heaped on the shoulders of the running backs because it takes that line up front to open the holes, to give these guys just a bit of daylight to break open. So we'll see what they do now with Jeff Gray and Kolonkowski at center. Uh, Liam Dobson getting an opportunity to come in the lineup. He's a big boy. We'll see. They really like him. Uh, I guarantee you he'll be on short yardage. So, uh, 
yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, but I, I really don't want people to think we're, we're dumping on the backs. I know that a lot of people are saying, well, they're not running the ball. Great. We know where you haven't run very much. I agree, but it takes, you got to take the guys up front too. And they know, listen, Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick and Patty Newfield, these guys know they've been there. They've done it. Uh, they can open holes. They just, they know that they can play better. I'm not saying they're playing poorly because again, Ottawa played pretty good against the run. That defensive line that they had in Ottawa and the linebackers did a nice job of stuffing holes. So you got to give credit where credit's due. They're all getting paid professionally to play this game. So do I think it's going to stay stagnant? No. Do I think we're going to have a breakout game? Absolutely. Do I think it'll be tomorrow? I think so. I think somebody's going to have a breakout game, run the game, run the ball. Hamilton doesn't run it, no. which is baffling to me. It really is baffling. So I really think the Bombers tomorrow are, are going to really uh, concentrate on running the football and effectively establishing that run. Uh, Tyler Fabry, uh, former elite amateur Manitoba Bison offensive lineman, uh, says he agrees with you, Chris. Running the ball is 80% on the offensive line, 20% on the running backs to read their blocks properly. Our good friend Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press popping into the live chat. Oliveira dropped 15 pounds over the offseason to have the endurance needed for an 18-game season. Still think Could he's be. adjusting to full-time work. Uh, that That's an interesting uh, Very good point. You know, yeah, well, like I, I have no doubt, Jeff's a, a superb reporter. He's, um, you know, got got good insight, and I'm sure he's talked to Brady about it. Um, Chris, when it comes to the run game and the offensive line, could you see Liam Dobson taking over for Jeff Gray? Not right now. No, no, not yet. No, no. I think Jeff Gray is a hell of an athlete. I really do. I like the way the guy plays. I think he's starting to get comfortable. Remember, this is a guy that just only got spot duty last year, and now he's getting an opportunity. Oh, Drew Desjardins is gone and signed with New England. Uh, you know, now you got him and uh, the Jeff's playing. I think Jeff's going to get stronger every day. He's a big, tough guy. He runs down the field. He's very much like a Jamarcus Hardwick, always downfield trying to finish his blocks. Right now, no, I don't think so. I think Liam Dobson's in a great opportunity to get short yardage and fill if somebody goes down. Uh, but I don't think that I would even think about replacing uh, Jeff Gray, who has a couple years experience uh, with a rookie yet. I uh, want to mention this comment from a little bit earlier from the Barflies. Zach Kolaris doesn't leave the pocket enough. I think that's when you're kind of rolling the dice and, and um, you know, the, yes. the, the flames of danger are starting to lick your toes a bit. I don't know if they want Zach Kolaris out of the pocket. Uh, you got to protect him. Yeah. Um, it's interest. It's an interesting point, though, because I know we used to have a lot of protections called red and blue, which means the quarterback could run to the right on a red protection, sit up behind your tackle. Blue protection would be obviously behind the left tackle, and we try and stretch the pocket a little bit. Now, sometimes that limits half your field where you can throw the football. Uh, but yeah, I think Zach is comfortable in there. But can he? You know, he has made a ton of plays. A lot of his biggest plays, and I think back to when they beat Calgary in the West Final or West Semi. Uh, running around, running around and finding Darwin Adams in the back in the end zone. He's done that time and time again. I don't think we've seen him run much right now, but I know he's very capable of doing it if need be. Tyler is bringing it on the live chat because uh, I, I saved. Right uh, there. Yep. And here's another one uh, that can raise kind of a, a different point. I imagine we see number three quarterback, Joe Mancuso, in yep. at short yardage this week. It was Drew Brown last week 
I think that was like a contingency plan, Chris, just because Mancuso came off the suspended list and, and joined the team yeah. late once again. Uh, he dressed in Ottawa last week, but I don't know if you want to put the ball in his hands, you know, just a few days after hopping off a plane from back home. So Joe Mancuso is a big, strong, thick quarterback. He, he's probably going to be the guy with Dakota Prukup on the six-game injured list. Mancuso is probably going to be the guy to, to handle the wedge package moving forward. I would think so too. I think Drew got stuffed last time. I mean, he's he's a, he's not the biggest back or biggest quarterback. Mancuso, six foot four, tall, tall stock of uh, you know corn, and he's two hundred and fifteen pounds, so he's got some weight. Uh, but having said that, yeah, they might. But again, you know, uh, it'll be interesting because remember, I remember guys quarterbacks, you know, faking like they're going to dive and then stepping back and throwing a deep ball. But Mancuso, to that point that Sarge said, is 100%. Mancuso was the holder on the kicks last week. So he's getting into the game. He's getting a feel for the game. So, I, I, I listen, he's been a quarterback his whole career. It's not like he hasn't worked a wedge before. It's not like this. Come on, guys. We're not doing rocket science here. You know, you line up, you take the snap, and you get behind the big boys. That's all you do. You need one yard, drive your legs. So, I mean, I don't think that uh, – it's not like we're asking a guy to go out and start calling, you know, 54 search or whatever kind of pattern. So I think Darren, can you hear me? Big daddy, you're off the air. Oh, Darren. okay. Hey, I think I, I think I hit mute. Appreciate that I comment. Think you did too. Uh, or maybe you read the comments. Tell, <laughs> tell DB to shut up. Well, yeah. Like the comments telling me it's, it's mute. Yes. And uh, moot as well. Also a moot point. No, oh, I was mentioning. Mute, mute, mute. They know, man. <laughs> Everybody's on it you today. No. Dummy, dummy, dummy. Never mind, mute. Well, that's what you you call me. That's like I thought that was my nickname for about seven years at TSN Radio. Oh man, you were the man that held the show together, buddy. Don't even go there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk can relate. Sometimes you hit the mute button, and uh, well, things go array or awry. Uh, cheers to uh, WST Hollywood Audio Gremlin. Whomever that is, cheers. Uh, oh, yeah, I like that. Comet asking who's covering at corner. So with Winston Rose out this week, some people speculating that it's not an injury or not injury related. Uh, you and I, Chris, we, we talked about this. Uh, you know, you can go back, check out the podcast or check out the yeah. replay on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, we talked about it kind of in the earlier parts of the show that this can be a positive for Winston Rose as far as getting his game back yeah. together and, and um, you 100%. know, uh, you know, uh, getting back to the level of play that he needs to be. Uh, it's going to be Demario Houston stepping in and starting at corner on Friday night. If you remember Demario Houston, he was on the Blue Bombers practice roster last season. I think he might address for a game or two. Uh, not totally sure. But uh, if you remember the story, it was a bit of a, a freak accident back home where his uh, wife and child, his, his little daughter was hit with a stray bullet on a shooting that was unrelated oh to their household. She was okay. Demario then brought them to Winnipeg and they ended up staying in Winnipeg for the remainder of the season. Booch mentioning that he played four games last season. Um, so, you know, scary moment there, but uh, clearly, um, you know, uh, everybody happy that uh, Amen. You know, nobody got hurt. Nothing. No, nobody got hurt. Uh, world's getting, the world's getting crazy, brother. World's getting crazy with that stuff. I'm telling yeah. you. It is. Uh, Chris, let's talk about kicker. You know, we got a few minutes left here on yes. Winnipeg. Why, and can thanks. I ask you a question? Why is yeah, everybody saying we have problems? 
He's four for four. I, I will say this. He missed an extra point, and he hasn't kicked a field goal over 30 yards. Now, he's still four for four. I mean, I I, I, I mean. But he's I'm missing saying, converts. Yeah, I know. Okay, but you look at the other guy. You got Michael Damagala, uh, five for six, long of 52. And they're on, they're hot on him. Mm-hmm. Kickers, they're not a lot for the a lot of love for the kickers right now, unless you're Renee Perez or Lothar in Saskatchewan. Yeah, you know, you know those guys. Sergio, are, Sergio, our old Sergio, friend. He's still kicking yeah. the heck out of the football for Edmonton. He's doing good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but having said that, I mean, well, look at the guy that played for Montreal, Cote, misses the last twenty yarder to win the football game for Montreal, and they lose oh, and, to Toronto. And, and Boris Beatty missed in that game too. It's crazy. I mean, when you think about like, it, Toronto got gifted that game. Yeah, gifted, ridiculous. And just but, think, I mean, that's, that's the pressure. But having said that, I personally, as a kicker, that's your job. If you got four plays or five plays a game, you know, yeah, I'm not talking about kickoffs, but the points, kicking off field goals or field goals where you need to make an impact, and you're not doing it, then you bring somebody in. I also don't think. Listen, per, per, what did Paradise go two for two last week? And, uh, uh, I got it right here. He went uh, four for four. Yeah, yeah, and they, and then, but he's a kicker, and they gave him Player of the Week. <laughs> what the heck, people? Give me a head a slap. No well, offense, he had his, he had the job. That's his he job. had the game winner. He had the yeah, game winner. Big deal. Well, how far was it for the game winner? Uh oh, I got it right here. It was. 33, no, oh, for a 35 yards. It was a 35 yard field goal. Oh, so three yards God. more than a convert. Oh, well, hold me down and punch me in the head with a sack of potatoes. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Come on, man. This drives me nuts. That's one of my pet peeves. I mean, did Kenny Lawler make a uh, player of the week? He did. Okay. How about, uh, I, I think the other was right. Titus wall. Titus Cause he had the, okay. the takeaways, right. And the what touchdown the kickers come on. That's his job. Four for four. You give him a handshake. You go, okay, buddy. Here well, you go. So there, there's your own logic, Chris. If if that's their job and Mark Leggio is missing converts, he's not missing field goals, but he's missing converts. Should there be concern there? Yes. If it's consistent, yes. If he's consistently missing, yes. Um, do I think the guy behind him, Ali Mortada, is any better? I don't know. I haven't seen him. I mean, I haven't been to practice. So I haven't seen him. Um, you know, a big leg. You know, when you when you're so spoiled with uh you know Medlock, Money Medlock, who was here for a couple of years. I mean, the guy never missed hardly at all. And Hall of Famer. Good. How do you compare anybody to a Hall of Famer, right? Well, that's I know, what Blue Bombers fans are doing. Well, they are. Yeah. I mean, but if that's your complaint right now, I mean, watch I want to see what happens tomorrow. The bombers have to play well tomorrow offensively. They've got to establish the run tomorrow to be effective. And on defense, they need to get pressure. And if the back, if they don't get pressure, that backhand is going to be in a tough time. I really I, do believe that. I like so, this I mean, comment. What's that, bud? Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, lo- I love this comment from Comet, who's watching live on YouTube. Hooked a tee shot yesterday. You can let him slide for a week. So we'll, we'll see how Mark Leggio <laughs> does. Absolutely. Uh, on, on Friday. Like, Amen. let's talk, let's talk about the expectations, Chris, because the Bombers are 2-0, and but they weren't exactly decisive wins against Ottawa. Everybody, I would say, I'm comfortable saying everybody in Winnipeg, both inside and outside the organization, are expecting a lot of this team. Yes. 
So how do you balance expectations with the realities of it's hard to win football games in pro football? And you've got a good opponent pretty much every week, just like a hungry Ticats team will be on Friday. Everybody is going for the two-time Grey Cup champs. You know, the Bombers are 11-0 and in their last 11 games. I think they're 20-1 and in their last 21 at home. Uh, you know, they just play good football. And anytime you're going to go against the Bombers, especially in the home park now, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough. The Bombers are winning. I don't, it just, they're not even winning ugly. They're just winning. It's only the second game in the season. You know what? You don't want to put, you know, it's one of those things where I used to say, everybody used to say, you gradually want to build up. You don't want to blow all your cookies in the first two weeks. And what I thought I, I watched it on our, uh, an interview with Dal, uh, Alden Darby, for, yep. who used to play for us, played the dime. Now he's playing the halfback this week uh, for the Cats. And he goes, you know what, guys? What's the worst feeling? How about when Calgary went 15-1 or something, 16-1, and then they lost in a playoff game and they never won the cup? Right. It, you got to You know, it's not where you start; it's where you finish. I know it sounds very philosophical, and that's what I am. I'm that kind of guy. I'm a, I'm a poet. And I don't know it, uh, but you know what? I'm just, I'm just happy that, uh, you know, that we're winning. We're two and zero. Oh. Do I think we'll be three and zero? Oh? Yeah, I do think so. I think we're going to beat Hamilton. I think we could have a big game against Hamilton. But having said it, the things that take me away are the fact that we've got young players in the secondary. We don't have Michael Couture at center. These are things that really do make me say we're evening out the playing field. Well, speaking of evening things out, AK uh, with a comment, we had heartbreak for 29 years. Let it slide. Yeah. So it's about time we expect a team to play good. I think that's really, um, you know, that that kind of touches on all the hallmarks of, of Blue Bombers Nation right now. It was a long, hard slog, right? Oh, God, yeah. I was involved and in the first slump. Right. 84, we won. You know, it was 20, 23 or 25 years. And then went again. And now they won back to back and people get spoiled because they are so good. And they have such a veteran presence right now. But we talked about the fact that DB, you have to keep your team healthy. Yes. Well, the Blue Bombers uh, are a little bit nicked up. I would say they're healthier than um, they're healthier than the Hamilton Tiger Cats right now um the tie cats banged up on the offensive line Kiriel brooks is probably their best defensive back like jamal roll um uh leonard uh caleb Evans, like darby they got good players back there and they're going to be okay but Kiriel brooks could be their best defensive back I, i'm a little bit more on I the don't jamal know. roll I don't train know. but Losing him is going to be a tough one. You like your guy, Tunde and Delike. I think that safety. he is. I watched him talk about him. I watched Orlando talk about him. I watched Alden Darby talk about him. This kid had, what, 13 or 10 tackles last week against Calgary. Came up against the run. Um, He's just very good football player. Very smart. They like him there right now. And mm -hmm. Darby says, you know, I was in the NFL. And I look at safeties and I watch safeties because I was playing down there. And he says, in my opinion, two and day is that good of a football player right now. The way he's playing right now, he's really top notch. I love the kid. I think the kid's a tough guy. I think Richard Leonard was a stud before. Uh, and then he came here. Cianti Evans was a stud with Calgary before he came to Hamilton. I mean, they've yeah. got they've got some tough. You got the guy that everybody hates, Simone Lawrence, right? <laughs> 
People love to hate. Love well, they love to, to listen, hate. You got to think about that, right? He's the guy that put, you know, Zach out when Zach was a quarterback in the first or second play in Saskatchewan way back when. Um, you know, he's also hit the quarterback in one of the games this year, not ours, but the other team. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, Joe Van Santos Knox, who played for us. Yep. Uh, you know, they've got, they've got some guys, like I said, Jules, listen, Dylan Winding played for them. He's an, I really like this kid at defensive tackle did not play last week because of calf injury. He's back. Mika Johnson is ahead. Think about this. You got Mika Johnson and Ted Laurent and they're alternating with Dylan. They got three guys in the middle. that really are tough against the run. Where I don't, and then Julian Housar is good on one side. I'm just not. A yeah, big he's fan a good of, player. Like he's a good uh, run, run yes, stopping the end, yeah. and he runs all over the place. The guy that I think is a weak spot, and that's Ma- I think Mason Bennett. I mean, that's who I'd run. Well, out. careful, he's a Winnipegger. Is he really? He is. Oh, Mrs. Uh, Mr. Bennett, I love the kid. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's called re. I'm I'm backpedaling quick now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, University of North Dakota and a, and a Winnipeg native. Yeah, he oh was. Oh my uh, god! This is well, the thing oh. the, the Hamilton the Hamilton Tiger Cats have always liked big defensive linemen from Winnipeg. Um, uh, Evan Gill is the one that uh, most recently comes to mind. Six four two fifty. Bennett is. In, in my opinion, getting better every game. Uh, I guess it, he's it not helped. a household name for me, and I'm just thinking. Well, it's so coming, yeah. yeah. You know, but if I'm going to go after somebody, who am I going to go after? I'm going to go after him. Sure. Well, and he's I, a young young Canadian, absolutely. And that's what I think I do. I mean, obviously, he's backed up by Simone Lawrence behind him. But having said that, I, I run the, gut, the, the running the ball up the middle tomorrow is going to be tough. Uh, Julian Hauser, who I, I really think is a tough guy on the other side. So if I'm going to run a ball at somebody, and this is what we look at. We look at how do we take advantage. And so, again, it's not a dog on Bennett. I'm just trying to say that if there was a guy that I'd go after, I'd mm-hmm. probably go after him. Um, it'll be interesting to see the the offense versus defensive matchups because, well, while Hamilton has seen two different defenses so far, they've seen Saskatchewan, who, for my dollar, Chris, under D.C., Jason Shivers, that's going to be one of the strongest defensive units in the CFL. And then going against a Calgary team that throws a lot of different looks and, and is always a, a good group overall. Now they have to face, um, you know, a, a defense in Winnipeg that is very strong up front, has a little bit of question marks on the back end with Brandon Alexander out, Winston Rose out, some younger players stepping in there, a rookie American in Donald Rutledge Jr. starting at that really yeah, tough spot yeah, you're right, at you dime. Uh, this team doesn't run too, too much. So Winnipeg's pass rush is going to be very, very important. And the linebacking core, anytime in the pass game, Chris, when you're sending pressure, that linebacking core and that second level for those short crossing patterns, I think that's where Dane Evans is going to kind of have his bread and butter. Um, Donald Rutledge yeah. Jr. could be a busy man on Friday night. I think what's going to happen tomorrow, they love to bring Adam Big Hill. If you watch yeah. the game, Big Hill comes on a blitz a lot from the outside, from the inside. He lines up just pre-snap. Now there's going to be a little vacate area behind him. It'll be interesting if they start running because, I mean, if you're scouting him, you're seeing there's a little bit of a hole underneath unless that safety's playing tighter. But the safety, if you start running deep routes, that's taking that safety away. He can't come up and cheat. Uh, and not to, not to you know, I'm just very offensive-minded, right? You know, I – I used to call the plays in the huddle. That's why, but yeah. I'm, I'm really going to take advantage of that middle. If they have a lot of big hill blitzes, but I still think if you can't run the football, it's tough to win the game 
tough to win any game when you're one dimensional. And I'll just say that for, for Hamilton, not to be able to run the football, unless Sean Erlington or Malik Irons has a really big day. Uh, well, it's going to be tough for him. If, if you want to throw an opposing defense off, you give them what they don't expect and maybe traditional run game, not the, the short pass game that Hamilton does with their tailbacks, maybe a traditional run game between the tackles is going to keep Adam Big Hill and the Jeffs and Tiadric Hansen and the rest a little bit more honest. I would run a ton of screens. Block, release, block, release. And, uh, you know, hit him over the middle. Take away the sting, right? I mean, obviously, if you're bringing one more guy than you can block, there's one guy free. You just got to get the ball. As Don Matthews, the greatest coach, you'd probably play one of the great ones that CFL said, it's a game of risk and reward. The reward is I get the ball there. The risk is you get to me before I get the ball to you. Right. So thank you, Don, for that. Well, Chris, you, you got you got a you have a final thought uh, or your keys to the game that we always kind of touch on uh, before we get going. Yeah, I think that uh, I don't want to echo what Paul uh, what Pierce said, um, Buck Pierce, but Buck said you know we want to get out of the out of the starting gate a little quicker. I just think that for me, offensively, um, I just think they got to get comfortable with Kolonkowski starting at center, and I think they got to establish the run defensively. I think they got to play smart. Uh, don't take chances. Play smart football and get after Dane Evans. And on special teams, you know, do you Mark just keep kicking consistent? Don't miss the extra points. You know, it's up to you to control your future. And that's you know, that's what it is. Uh, for Hamilton, obviously, I think Hamilton's got to establish the run. And defensively, I don't know. I don't care about their defense. <laughs> <How about that? laughs> You're not worried about the Blue Bombers' defense. I'm well, worried about no. It's Hamilton's. Oh, Hamilton. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think the well, bomber defense has to get pressure, take the pressure off the back end. Yeah. No, that pass rush is going to be important. The only thing I'll add, Chris, is that um, the Blue Bombers defense needs to limit the big play. It's been their plague through the yes. beginning of the season. It's been their plague through the rough times over the past couple seasons. So if, if Demario Houston can not get exposed – and Winnipeg can play kind of sound, fundamental, three-phase football and not yeah. allow the big play to some very, very dangerous Hamilton Tiger Cats receivers, like really dangerous. Um, I think Winnipeg will, will come out of this game with their third win of the season. Well, think about this too, Darren, and to your point, that's a great point you bring up at the end here. The Bombers have given up six passes of 30-plus yards, which is worse than the CFL. Mm -hmm. So they have given up big plays, and I know that's one of the things that Coach uh, – Richie Hall and Jordan Younger, DB coach, have really tried to work on them to prevent the big play uh, because it just changes field position and changes the outcomes of games very quickly. Yeah. Well, Chris, let's leave it there. Uh, reminding All right, everybody. Buddy. Well, I know you're just getting started, right? No, I'm getting thirsty. Yeah, no, me too. It's so, it's sure. so hot out right now, fans. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. All you guys, I've got a, I am just dying for a Coley. <laughs> we'll get one in. <laughs> we'll get one in you asap i'll head on over right right after i post the podcast but want to remind everybody out there the podcast will be up soon uh and game day after dark our post game show we've got a special guest popping in this week so join us right here on bonfire sports just about an hour after every home game and about 30 minutes after every road game but uh don't miss out uh, on that chris Thanks for this, buddy. Always great Always talking to you. And, well, thanks for just being you, buddy. Uh, people love hearing you before every game. 
thanks to all the sponsors that are coming on board. Hopefully we're still going to get some beverage company come on board. But the ones that are, God bless you guys. And to all the fans coming on the show, love you guys. So have a great day. And if you hear something go in about 20 minutes, it's me. And don't worry about it. It's that echo. It's It's just a cold one opening up. Have a great weekend, people. And we'll see you at the game tomorrow. Cheers, everybody. Give a thumbs up down below. All right, buddy. Talk to you later.